0: Hi, everybody. I'm at the podium now, Caitlin. So welcome to the GDI luncheon. We're so thrilled that everybody came. This is a huge, a huge room, and it's all full of guide dogs and guide dog partners. So that's terrific. We're going to begin with... I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. We're going to begin with um, some door prizes, because we're good at that. And then we're going to uh, introduce our speaker, Mr. Bob Bailey, who's going to talk to you about the Miro Foundation. And um, meanwhile, you're going to be eating your lunch. And then when Bob is finished, we're going to do the Viking, uh, the awards. We're going to do the awards next. So Vicki Curley, who's the chair of that committee, will be presenting the awards. And then we're going to do the Viking drawing to see who gets to take home that gorgeous German shepherd. And then we're going to do the summer drawing to see who takes home that big Fifteen thousand, fifteen hundred dollar prize, <laughs> and then we will adjourn and get ready for the business meeting. So, um, first, um, um, first we're going to do some door prizes. Um, Jane or Connie? Yes. Can we do the door prizes? You want the portable mic? Yeah. I hate that one. Like, so strong. Great. Willow, come here, sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple questions. Yes. So nice. Yes.
1: afternoon everybody. Hello. Thank you. Whoever did the shh, shh. That's good. Okay. We're going to take a little bit of a different approach for the door prizes today. All right. So every single table in this room has Let's see, how many? Three, six saucers, coffee cup saucers. I want each of you to check under your saucers, and every table will have a door prize winner. If you have an index card taped to the bottom of your cup, please raise your hand, and we will deliver your door prize. All right, good job. Keep your hands up till we get it to you. Keep your hands up, it's a good exercise.
2: Eating his salad right
1: now. All right, does everybody have their door prize? Excellent, excellent, excellent.
0: Thank you. Okay, everybody, the next item on the agenda is to bring a microphone around and so we know who's here. So can Jeff or whoever uh, carry around the microphone tell us who you are and where you're from and who your dog is and where he or, he or she is from, and then pass the microphone. Thank you. So we're going to start with the head table. I'm Penny Reeder. I'm from Maryland. My dog's name is Willow. She's from the Seeing Eye. Here you go, Maria.
1: Hi, I'm Maria Hansen from New York. My dog is uh,
3: Fidelco's Frisco, male German Shepherd, 10 years old.
4: Hi, everybody. My name is Vicky Curley, and I am from, well, let me see, let me say this right. Originally from Cleveland, Ohio, living in New Jersey, moving to Florida. <laughs> You'll be tested on that later. Um, I have a male German Shepherd named Valor, and he was trained by the seeing eye.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Sarah Calhoun.
5: I am from Missouri, just a little south of St. Louis. And I have my four-year-old yellow um, lab, Lakota,
1: female, from Leader Dog. Can we get Lillian
2: and Caitlin to wrap I think we can do it through this microphone. Hi, I'm Caitlin Mangillo. I'm uh, with Charlie Guide Dog Foundation.
5: I, I'm. Oh, I'm
6: I think I just
5: put it in. I'm Lillian Scayfee from, oh. Oh, from Long Beach, California. I have a black lab, named Alexa. That's not Alexa growling. Um, from GDB, she's four years old.
1: Deb Versteg, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I have a golden retriever. who had her home only five months. Bill from The Seeing Eye.
4: I'm Richard Haugen. I'm with Adrian. I am Adrian Haugen from Olivia, Minnesota. That's 100 miles west of Minneapolis. Uh, Richard is my husband, and he is my uh, support service provider. And I have a leader dog, golden retriever, named Scotty. Hi there. My name is Jessica. My last name is Eggert. And I am deafblind. I can't hear anything that's going on right now, but I have an interpreter. I can see a little bit. And I'm from West St. Paul. uh, Here in Minnesota. And I have a four-year-old yellow lab named Matthew. Um, he is a dog that helps me from day to day. And he's from GB. And um, we have a special program that we work together. And I just won the door prize here at my table. Oh. And I pulled that thing off the plate, and I won. So thank you.
7: Lucas Frank from the Seeing Eye. Um, I have Joy mid-sepids at home, but nobody here. I'm Paul Keemer from the Minnesota Guide Dog Breeding Center, and we have three dogs, Lulu, Abby, and Geneva, who all are professional puppy raisers.
8: <laughs> Melvin Smith, Kansas City. I have Skyler. He'll be six in January. Guide Dogs for the Blind.
9: I'm Shirley Brokaw from Kansas City.
4: I'm with Melvin. I'm Catherine Golding. I'm from Rochester, Minnesota, and I have a five-year-old Yaya from
8: Seeing Eye. I
6: like
8: that. I'm Eldon Layton, retired from the Seeing Eye. I uh, am here without a dog, uh, but I pr- was responsible for producing some of the ones that are around the room, I think.
7: My name is Paul Hunt from Austin, Texas, and I'm with my leader dog, Miley. She's four years old, and if Guide Dog could be president, she'd be running.
5: Thank you. You my name is Cheryl Hunt, and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm here with Chloe. She's going to be sixth in November, and she's a leader dog. you
2: ready? Hello.
3: My name is Diana Dawn, and I'm here with Candy from the Guide Dog Foundation, and I'm it to you.
7: Good afternoon. I am Leonard Gross. I am with Diana Dawn in the lovely Candy Bar.
4: Oh, hi. My name is Nancy Younger from Riverside, California. I just received my, on April 30th, my two year old, beautiful, I mean, handsome and very intelligent uh, black lab named Jay from Guide Dogs of the Desert. I left him at home just to have a little rest. We have, you know, just to enjoy the convention. I don't worry about him right now. Uh, thank you.
5: Hi, I'm Catherine Johnson from Fort Collins, Colorado and I'm between dogs.
10: Thank you. sir. You to announce yourself? Thank you. Oh. Um, I'm Robert Bailey. I'm the uh, founder of the Mirror Foundation of North Carolina and I'm here with my dog DJ, Mega Mutt and uh, <laughs> and my wife Elaine.
4: Hi, I'm Elaine
9: Bailey. I'm here with Robert and DJ, and DJ's a seven-year-old St. Pierre, which is a very different breed than everybody's used to.
5: Hello, I'm Andrea Giudice. I'm here from Connecticut. I'm here with my four-and-a-half-year-old yellow Labrador Anders from Guide Dogs for the Blind.
6: Good afternoon, this is Richard Ruther from Sacramento, and I have at home my seeing eye dog, Odif, that's spelled O-D-I-F, or Fido backwards, and he's home resting.
4: Connie Giacomini from Arizona with Tawny. What? Connie Giacomini from Arizona with Tawny.
8: Pete Giacomini with Connie. Dan Stifler from Gilbert, Arizona.
5: Hi, I'm Annie Doyle from Encino, California, and I'm here with my black lab, uh, four-and-a-half-year-old Kenneth from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. My name is Sandy
1: Burgess. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm with my... Nine-year-old Ella from Guiding Eyes for the Blind Special Needs. Thank you all. All right, there you go. Oh, I got you with mouthful.
8: I'll start over here. Here you go, here. <laughs> I'm Andy Arvidsson, and, <clears throat> and I'm Anna Cortis Washington, and I have Tamika, four-year-old black lab from Guide Dogs for the Blind.
5: I'm Colette
1: Arvidson, Andy's wife, and I inherited from him his uh, retired guide, Tokyo, who is now going to be 12 in November, and Tokyo is a therapy pet with pet partners and serves the community.
5: Hi, my name is Deanne Elliott. I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I'm here with my guide dog, Emmy, from The Seeing Eye. Hi, my name is Vicki Winslow, sorry. I'm from New York, New York. I have two-year-old German shepherd Kilo from the Seeing Eye.
4: Hi, Carla
1: Campbell from Menlo Park, California, and I am here with Hope, who's a almost four-year-old German shepherd from the Seeing Eye.
3: Hi, Jan DeRemus from Braintree, Massachusetts. I have a long-coated German shepherd, Zuma, from Seeing
8: Good afternoon. I'm Bill Meineke from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I have a black lab named Gentry from the Seeing Eye. Okay. This is Frank Welty with the Guide Dog Users of California, and I'm pleased to report that our guide dog legislation in the state legislature is doing well, working its way through the legislature, and I appreciate the sort of GDUI support on these issues. Well, this is Victor from New York. I have a guide dog from Guide Dog Foundation for the Blind in Long Island.
4: Thank you. Hi, my name is Rosanna Beaudry. I'm from Long Island, New York, and I am here with my two-year-old guide, (coughs) who is a yellow Labrador retriever. She is two years old. She comes from the Guide Dog Foundation in Smithtown, Long Island, and I also would just like to say many, many, many thanks to the many puppy raisers that give their time, energy, and work to helping to raise these puppies all across the country for all of the guide dog schools. They do an awesome job. Thank you so much, puppy raisers, for the wonderful gift that you give to each of us.
8: Thank you. My name's Ed Reed. From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I'm here with my girlfriend that has a black lab from CNI. She, that is 10 years old, and the dog's name is Tudor. And I'm sure she'll be coming up on the microphone soon.
3: <laughs> my name is Linda Wiggins, and I have a beautiful yellow lab, Noreen, from the CNI.
0: My name is Miranda Beckman. I'm a class supervisor for Guiding Eyes for the Blind.
11: My name is Noah. I'm an apprentice trainer with Guide Dogs of the Desert, and I have uh, Charlie, a standard poodle.
2: No, 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 not (laughs) (laughs) that. Let's get going.
10: My name is Mike Seglio. I am an apprentice instructor with Guiding Eyes for the Blind.
8: This is Bob Winler, senior instructor, Guide Dogs of the Desert, and I'm here with my service dog Anki from Custom Canines in uh, Wisconsin.
3: My name is Megan Dunn. I'm an apprentice instructor at Guide Dogs
4: of the Desert. I'm Kara Ebeling. I'm also an apprentice instructor, but from Guiding Eyes for the Blind.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Are we done?
3: Hi, I'm Lauren Ross, Field Service Manager with Guide Dogs for the Blind.
5: G'day, Mark Gillard, originally Melbourne, Australia, now
8: at Guide Dogs for the Blind, San Rafael, California, and I'm currently the O&M Services Specialist there. Here you
4: go. I'm Betsy Grinovich from Georgia. I'm here with my five-and-a-quarter-year-old yellow lab, James, from the Guide Dog Foundation.
3: I'm Ellen Telker. I'm from Connecticut with my uh, six and a half year old black lab, Kelly, from Freedom Guide Dogs. Thank
1: you. Hi, I'm Nicole Cass. I'm actually from the Minnesota area. I'm out in Woodbury, and I
2: am currently between dogs. Good afternoon. My name is Jane Flower, and I'm the outreach manager at Guide Dogs for the Blind, and I am with my nine-year-old, almost nine-year-old yellow lab, Golden Cross, Anya.
1: Okay. Thank you. Marlena?
9: Yes, here you go. Oh, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I need to wake up. Um, I, 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 was, I was just sitting here thinking, Anya, what a cute name, and then something got put in my hand. Um, I'm Marlena Lieberg from um, Seattle, Washington. And I'm here with my GDB guide, whose name really is Nisha. But when I first got her, it was Nisha, damn it. Nisha, damn it. And then we progressed to Nisha, no. Nisha, no. Now we're at Nisha, to hell with it. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, she... She is, um, she is two, and on Saturday, I will be a guide dog handler of 52 years.
8: I'm uh, Frank Pacheco from Maryland. I have a wonderful German shepherd named Rudolph from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. <laughs>
4: Hi, my name is Sue Mangus, and I have um, Jenna, and we've been together just about six years, and she's from Guide Dogs for the Blind. I'm
1: Jane Sheehan from Silver Spring, Maryland. I have my 10-year-old yellow Labrador nugget from the seeing eye.
8: Pat Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland.
4: I'm Karen Gorgie from New York, New York, and I am here with my ninth dog, which is uh, Ginger, a four-year-old German Shepherd from Seeing Eye.
1: Thanks, Karen. Okay. You ready?
2: Is that everybody? We done? Right when you're eating. Right when I'm eating.
3: Hello, I'm Cindy Laban from Gaithersburg, Maryland, and I am here with, now listen to this, Gardenia Louise Wendy Laurie. My goodness. Here you go. Oh, I forgot. Hold up. Bring it back. I forgot to tell And she is from Guiding Eyes, and she is five years and five months. Thank you. She's not five and five. I'm Lolly Lieski. I'm from Minneapolis, and I'm here with my two-year-old black lab, Jiffy, from
4: Guide Dogs for the Blind. Hi, I'm Gigi Farah from Dallas, and um, I haven't made 52 years yet. I made 46 uh, from my ninth dog from the seeing eye, and who could pass for a yellow lab, but she is a golden door cross named River Dog. Hi, my name
0: is Gilly Presley and I'm here with my guide dog Neville from Guide Dogs for the Blind.
6: Thank you.
5: There you go. Hi, I'm Sue Bose from Silver Spring, Maryland, and I don't have a dog yet. Hi, I'm Chris Buckley from the Bronx, New York, and I am here with my white cane who I will re- will be retiring on July 25th when I go to the seeing eye for my next dog. <clears throat> I'm Judy Branglin, a former puppy raiser, now living in Germany. I know. Hi, I'm Wendy Eichler, and I'm an instructor at Leader Dogs for the Blind, and I have my demo dog, Cleo, with me.
2: Hi, everybody. I am Randy Borbum. I'm here right from Minneapolis. Welcome, y'all, to Minnesota. I'm here with my guide from the Seeing Eye. Her name is Ruffles. She is a Golden Lab Cross, and this is my first from Seeing Eye, but second dog overall. Sue Baumaster
1: from Annandale, Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. I am here with my black lab, Willow. She is, I've had her nine years. She is number seven from Seeing Eye. I got my first dog in 1963. Wow. Wow. All righty. You want
5: to go? Are you ready? I'm yeah. ready. Joyce, you go for it. Okay. Hi, I'm Joyce Driven. Hi, some of you that I know. Uh, I'm sitting here with my lab, Golden Cross, who looks mostly like a black lab. He is my seventh seeing eye dog, Tudor. He's 10 and a half, and I got my first dog in ni- July 1963.
4: Wow. Awesome. There you go.
3: Hello, my name's Eva Bergera, and I have Kim from Seeing Eye.
5: Hello, my name is Susan Crawford from Silver Spring, Maryland, and I'm here with Caltag, a six-year-old black lab from Freedom Guide Dogs.
8: Hi, I'm Charlie Crawford from Silver Spring, Maryland, and I have my ninth seeing eye dog, Raisin, We call my Raisin in the Sun. Um, And I just want to say that we mentioned the Puppy Razors, and... We mentioned the dogs when we named them and ourselves, but really the, I think the key to our success in many ways are these instructors who have been so good with us and the dogs. Thank you.
5: I am Cheryl Roschka from Prospect, Connecticut. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am here with my third guide dog foundation dog, Labrador Retriever Lily. And it is our sixth month anniversary today.
4: Hey, here you go. Hello, my name is Mary Piccarello. I like to confuse people too. I'm originally from the Cleveland, Ohio area, but I live in here in, in western Minnesota. I'm here with my black lab, Vargo, and he is 11 and a half years old, and I got him from Guiding Eyes.
11: Hi, my name is Jesse Sherrick, and I'm here with Sherry. Um, I'm looking to be a guide dog user.
5: Hello, everyone. My name is Sherry Sherrick, and I'm here with my uh, five-and-a-half-year-old yellow lab, Millie, from Guide
4: Dogs for the Blind. Hi, everyone.
5: I'm Becky Davidson from Guiding Eyes and also living in Mount Kisco, New York. And I'm
1: here with my six-and-a-half-year-old yellow lab, Lawson, from Guiding Eyes.
7: I'm Ron Davidson from Mount Kisco, New York, here with my four-year-old black lab, Clarissa, from Guiding Eyes.
1: I'm Nancy Garrett, here with my husband.
6: (laughs)
11: Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm Tom Garrett from Janesville, Wisconsin, and I'm here with my teammate and best buddy, JJ the Rowdy, the big rangy yellow lab from Guiding Eyes for the Blind.
5: I'm Sylvia Ebert from New York, and I am here with my seeing eye dog, Garnet. You? Are we
2: done?
8: What's this? Oh, oh. Uh,
7: Richard Johnson, Janesville, Wisconsin. I'm here with my second Seeing Eye dog, six-year-old Clark
8: K. L. A. R. K.
0: Hello, I'm Darlene Johnson from Janesville, Wisconsin, with my dog Fisher.
1: Is there anyone in the room that has not had a chance to introduce themselves? I see one individual. While I'm going to that individual, I will tell you that Jeff Calhoun is here as well, and he's been volunteering and doing all Yay. kinds of wonderful things for you all. Yay. And Connie Smith is here. See, these two wouldn't take the microphone, so I'm going to get them anyway. But Connie Smith is, is here also from Louisville. Yay, Connie. And I'm Jane Woods from Louisville. Yay. Okay, I'm Diana Quietwater Noriega.
0: I have a three year old Sherman Shepherd male named Enzo. I think he must have mafia connections because he's a joisy dog from Seeing Eye. Are we good,
2: Jane? Okay. Is that it? Yes. yes.
1: We have one more person. I'm over here. Oh. Hi, I'm uh, Debbie Hazelton. I'm recording for ACB Radio. Wow, am I impressed with this crowd. Woo! All these, I love how Penny said, our guide dogs and their partners. That was really cool. Um, I have Megan. She is my seventh guide dog. She, I started when I was in my crib. Um, she's, <laughs> she's a Goldador, and um, she's seven going on one, and um, just very precious. Thank you. What an impressive group.
2: We're good? Can I talk into this one? Will that pick me up? Are you talking to me? I think I am. Okay. Do you want? I can't give you this one. Here, right, right, right here. Oh, you are? So. here, it's right up here. Oh,
5: that doesn't help you. That does. That's there okay. You know.
0: So thank you, everybody, and welcome. We're so glad that all of you are here. Um, I just want to say that all the great door prizes, most of them are donated by our schools, and we really appreciate those really nice and generous donations. I, I want to second what Charlie Crawford had to say. We could not survive at this convention without all the trainers from all the schools who spend so much time helping us. Um, and, and when uh, Lillian Scafe introduced herself, she was very modest and did not tell you that she is the program chair, and she and her committee planned this convention, and it has been fabulous. So let's give their committee, Lillian and the committee, a big hand and applause. And now, Bob, if you're still eating, um, we're going to let Caitlin introduce you, and then you are up. So everybody enjoy your lunch, enjoy our very interesting speaker, and we'll be back after the speech. Thank you. Here, Caitlin, where are you? Ah, got it
2: so much taller than my face so much taller
6: than
2: me <laughs> okay hi everybody um i'm kate are oh yeah hi i'm Caitlin um you've probably heard me before can you hear me? oh god <laughs> can you hear me okay okay Um, so I did just want to make a quick announcement that if there's any trainers in the room, please come see me. I'm the girl in the blue dress with the dog. Um, I have presents for you and I'm leaving today, so I don't want to carry them back home. So (laughs) see me. I'm at the top table. I have your gifts. Um, I'm very happy to introduce to everybody today, Mr. Bob Bailey, who came to join us to give us a speech. And I'm just going to read his bio, bio for you. Just oblige me. Bob is originally from Montreal, Canada, where he was a successful dental implant specialist. Bob traveled extensively throughout the world, sharing his passion and teaching other implant specialists. Upon retiring, he relocated to the much warmer climate in Southern Pines, North Carolina. In late 2007, Bob went into the hospital for bypass surgery and woke up unimaginably in complete darkness. As an unintended result of this this procedure, he was permanently blind. After months of recovery, he learned about the Mira Foundation um, that provides trained guide dogs to the visually handicapped in Canada. Mira is where Bob met his first dog, Devin, and his current dog, DJ, or Devin Jr., who is a seven-year-old St. Pierre. It was love at first lick. (laughs) During his time at MIRA, Bob learned that there was no one in the United States providing guide dogs for blind children. In February of 2009, Bob changed all of this when when he applied for a 501c3 for the MIRA Foundation USA. In early 2010, the Mira Foundation USA received their charter and provided free of charge two blind children with guide dogs, giving these children a new leash on life. <laughs> to date, the Mira Foundation USA is responsible for providing 25 children with guide dogs and is the only organization in the USA that provides guides to blind children completely free of charge. Bob is pleased to join us here today and share Mira USA's story. So please join me in welcoming Mr. Bob Bailey.
10: microphone's taller than me. <laughs> well, um, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to thank you for inviting me here to uh, give you a little, whoops, can you hear me? Um, well, that's a little better. Uh, just uh, so I can tell you a little bit about uh, what I do. Um, first of all, you know, we really have to tip our hats to C&I, because they're the ones that started it all. Yay. And you know, the, the trainers, no, nobody's in this to make a lot of money, because they don't. You know, they, they do it for the love of the animals, uh, the love of being outdoors, and training. So it's, you know, we really have to, um, you know, give these people a lot of respect. It, it's, it's hard, you know, taking a blind person uh, who's never had a dog and training them, it, it's pretty difficult. So you really have to tip your hats to them. Anyway, whoops. Anyway, my, uh, my story is I became blind after uh, surgery, and uh, you can well imagine for the first Year It was kind of a disaster, uh, learning how to work with a cane and um, you know walking along the streets with a cane you 're pretty well ignored. Nobody talks to you um, but you know i i went to uh, I went to get my guide dog up in Canada because a friend of mine, um, his daughter is blind, and he convinced me to go to Canada to get my guide dog um, you know not that any school is better or worse than the other. Uh, he just convinced me that I should go to Mira, which I did, and I'm glad I did. Uh, while I was working up there with the dog, um, I became friends with the founder of Mira. There's, there's 114 people that work at Mira, and Eric St. Pierre is a very, very special individual. And he's part dog. Um, <laughs> he, spe- he speaks dog, he really does. Uh, he's incredible, absolutely an incredible trainer. He's been doing it for about 40 years. Anyway, I got to talking to him, and um, they had a program going on for children at the time that I was up there. And, and you know, I said, well, you know, what's with the kids? <clears throat> anyway, so he told me what they were doing. And do and you know why kids don't get guide dogs here in the United States? Does anybody know? In, in the, you know, in the 20s, when they started with CNI, most kids, in order to get a case, uh, education, they were either in a convent or a government school. They weren't in public schools. And, you know, if you've got 50 kids in a government school or a convent, the last thing you want is 50 dogs walking around. <laughs> so, you know, that's an invitation to disaster. So, at that time, it was decided that when the children graduated from school, from high school, they could go to they can go and get a guide dog at 18 years old and go to college. Well, Mira started, uh, Eric started training guide dogs for children in 1991. Uh, 19, yeah, 1991. Um, no, actually, his first class was 1991. He started training them about a year or two before that. <clears throat> and the dogs, the dogs with um, with Mira, they're... The children get the best of the best because they need a dog that if they drop the harness, as kids will do, they need that dog to stay with them, which is really important. You know, can you imagine when you guys were growing up and having a dog to guide you around school? You know how, you know how beneficial it is to you now. And, you know, as a young person, you can imagine how good it would be. Well, nobody thought, nobody thought that an 11-year-old would be responsible enough to handle a, handle a dog. And, and I, I totally disagree with that. We've got, you know, our youngest kid, uh, Cricket, uh, which you'll, I'm going to have a video, but it's, it's, um, it's very audible, so you'll be able to follow it. But Cricket just turned 11. She's in uh, San Diego, California. She just turned 11 when she got her guide dog. And she's 17 now, and she's done fabulously well. Uh, You want to run that first video for me? Not that you can see it, but you can hear it. No, it's a little further along than that. I don't, know what that is. Advancing. I don't know where that came from. It's one of these blind things. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Probably the next track. technical difficulties. Anyway, the kids, when they go to uh, Canada, they do the same as you guys. They go up there for a month.
11: When Bob Bailey lost his eyesight in 2007, he didn't know it then, but that news would set the wheels in motion for him to change the life of a special little girl named Cricket this is their story. <clears throat> Bob was enjoying his life in North Carolina until a routine bypass surgery changed everything.
10: Um, I was never made aware of the fact that you could go blind. And... Uh, when I woke up a couple of weeks later, somebody turned the lights out and they've
11: been there permanently ever since. Shortly after, Bob made his way to the Canada-based Mira Foundation, which trains guide dogs for the blind. And they granted Bob a furry new friend named Devon. It also gave him a new mission in life, resulting in the birth of Mirror Foundation
10: USA. My whole focus is Mirror, And what we can do for children, what this dog has done for me, i'm hoping that we can do for a lot of other children half a world away in china cricket
11: now 11 years old was born blind and was later abandoned cricket never got to experience the love of a real family until adoptive parents cliff and sally Bidelman came into her life in cricket they didn't see a blind orphan instead they saw a courageous little girl
3: the agency contacted us and said they had a wonderful little child. She was very intelligent, she was funny, she was spirited, she seemed to have an almost photographic memory. And then they told us that she was blind. And so um, we thought about that and it didn't seem a barrier because the other parts of her, her humor, her intelligence and her spirit seemed so much more important to us. And we guessed right because we adopted her and she has just been a remarkable light to our family.
11: Cricket is just like any other 11-year-old. She likes to ride her bike, play with her family, and has already mastered several musical instruments.
3: There's an
0: after-school program that my music teacher does, and he asked me if I wouldn't mind playing trumpet. So I said, okay. And then he was wondering why I wasn't in his orchestra class, and I said I didn't know it would fit in my schedule. And he's... And he invited me to play cello in his
6: orchestra. So I said okay to that, too.
11: But despite all of these accomplishments, it's Cricket's smile, kind spirit, and generosity that make her the amazing person that she is.
3: I will always remember the first time I saw Cricket because this tells all about her personality. The first time I saw her, she was brought to our hotel room by a lady from the orphanage. And she wore a quilted pink jacket that was torn and dirty and she came up to me and she spoke only in mandarin chinese and she reached into her pocket and she handed me a piece of hard candy and she pressed it into my hand and then she went to my son and did the same thing and to her whole family she gave us pieces of hard candy because that was her gift to us
11: as cricket grew so did her independence Wanting her daughter to enjoy her childhood to the fullest, Sally began to search for a guide dog through specialized agencies. But to Sally and Cricket's dismay, they quickly learned that none of these agencies would cater to children under the age of 16, except for one.
3: We found out about Mira, that Mira was actually an agency in Canada um, that did provide guide dogs for younger children based on their abilities. And so we contacted Mira in Canada, and our folder eventually made its way down to North Carolina to Mira USA. Bob Bailey contacted us by phone and we were just thrilled that there was a chance that somebody would weigh Cricket's merits, not based on her age, but based on her mental and physical abilities.
10: First of all, the Mira Foundation in Canada is the only foundation in the world that does dogs for children. They're the only ones. And we are, we've got the ability now to bring this to bring this service to the United States. And we are the only ones in the United States that will train dogs for children.
11: Cricket and Sally have just learned from Mira USA that she will be the youngest person in the United States to receive a guide dog.
10: I don't have the words. I, it's, it's emotional. Um, I couldn't I couldn't see what happened, obviously but I know everybody was crying. Me too. Um, but it it, it just, it, it changes people's lives. That's kind of special. That's very special. Special doesn't begin
11: to describe this little girl or the organization that has given her a new outlook on life.
3: Thank you very much, Mr. Bailey and Mira. I... I don't know how to thank you enough. From my heart and from Cricket's heart, to Mira, mm. to Mr. Bailey, merci beaucoup, thank you.
10: one in but don't start it yet. Yeah. Cricket was the, uh, she was the youngest person ever to receive a guide dog here in the United States. Um, Mira is the only accredited guide dogs for children. There's, There's one, there's another one, I think it's called Angel something or other. Um, They've just started it up, and they're using pound rescue dogs, but mirrors and accredited uh, guide dogs. And, you know, it it, it really, it doesn't matter where you get your guide dogs from. All the schools, you know, they, some are, you know, do things a little different than others. Um, But, you know, they they all have the same goal. They provide us, they provide us with an animal that's going to really help our lives. They're going to change our lives. And like I said before, can, can you imagine yourselves in school with a, with a dog? It's, it, it just makes things so much easier. You know, the, the, uh, the way the training goes, we send the kids up to Canada for the month, and uh, their parents are not allowed to go with them. They'll take them up there, get them settled in, and they can visit them after two weeks on a Sunday. And uh, they can visit them Sundays afterwards until the end of the training program, and they can be there for their final exam, if you'll call it. Uh, but they go for a walk, and um, it's about a 45-minute walk, and they think they're by themselves, and they've got to they've got to come to a, a destination um, where the you know where the the all the people are waiting for them, but they're. They've got a safety person. They've got a person watching the dog. They've got another one watching the child. And usually the parents are somewhere in the background, but they can't say anything. And one of, one of the ladies, she almost passed out when her when her 11-year-old boy was crossing a four-lane boulevard with his dog. <laughs> but, you know, he was able to do it. And it's... it's um, Like I said, more or less, all of of the schools, they all do an incredible job, and we really benefit by them. But the way Mira operates, the kids are up there for a month, and then after they they go home, they're home for about two weeks, and a trainer goes and spends two days with each child. They'll show them a route around their neighborhood so they can go out for a walk by themselves. Uh, They'll teach the dog the route. Then they go to school, and they'll show them the front door of the school, They'll show them the homeroom, the, uh, you know, math, science, history, whatever classes they have. And the schools have been very, very receptive. We've never had any problems with any of the schools. And what the schools have done for us is they'll pour a concrete pad out somewhere away from the playground. And the the instructor will show the dog where the pad is. And that's to, you know, they, they don't want the dog pooping in grass and some kid stepping in it. Because, you know, that's, that'll really create a bad, bad uh, vibes for the whole school. So they, they put this cement pad, and the dogs are trained to go on concrete. And uh, it works out very well. The kids clean up after it, and then the superintendents hose down the, the, the concrete pad every night. <clears throat> but the, the, the children are totally responsible for the dog. They're responsible for the feeding, the water, the brushing cleaning up after the dog. They're not crazy about that, but, you know, that's part of it. And nobody else is allowed to feed the dog or interact with the dog at home. Um, yeah, I mean, they can interact with the dog a little bit, but they, they can't do any of the care. The, the dog has to look to the child for the food and the treats and all the rest of the stuff. And that's really an important part of the training. And uh, anyway, when they... Uh, when the trainers have, have gone to the school with the dogs, like I said, they'll show them the, the homeroom and the different rooms that they're going to be in. And most important is the bathroom and lunchroom. They'll, they'll take them to the bathroom, and they'll also teach them to go take the child to a stall, which is really important. You know, you can... Well, you guys were in school, and you had to go find the bathroom with your cane. Lots of fun, eh? But you know the dogs, uh, the dogs are trained to do these things, and the trainers will, will spend as many times as, as as necessary. You know, if the if the child is still having problems, the uh, they'll go out and they'll go out and uh, work with the child as long as it takes. Uh, they want all of these kids to be, uh, you know, good dog good dog handlers, and we've had tremendous success with them so far. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've had to refuse some children, and it's not every child that's going to get a guide dog. You know, unfortunately, a lot of the blind children have, you know, they have other complications as well. And uh, you, you have to say no sometimes. It would be nice if everybody could get a guide dog, but that's not going to happen. And they all get dogs like Devin, a uh, DJ. Uh, he's a, DJ is a, is a, a cross between a Labrador and a Bernese Mountain Dog. And they use the Bernese Mountain Dogs extensively because they're extremely smart. But one of the problems is they have a high incidence of cancer. So they they started uh, DJ's 10th generation, so they're probably at about 15 or 16 generations right now. And they started crossbreeding. And they actually developed this breed. It's called the St. Pierre. It's named after the founder of, of Mira. And the fellow who goes out and works with the kids in the field is Eric St. Pierre. Uh, he is the founder of Mira Canada. And he, uh, you know, he's, he's backed off of, of running Mira Canada. Now he's got his, his son, and they've got 114 people up there running it. But he, uh, he, he personally looks after the children. He does the training with the children, and he goes out on the road visiting with the children to, uh, you know, to help them in their areas. And he'll go as many times as necessary. Um, you know, it's usually twice as is, is adequate. But, you know, if a kid needs three or four times, he'll go three or four times. And, you know, the, the, the children, my, my, my uh, time with the kids, I found them to be much more responsible than sighted children. You know, they have to do things in a different way. They're very, very smart. Uh, I, I can, well, I'll, I'll go through some of the kids with you. Um, Cricket now is, is uh, 17. She's in high school. Um, Mike, Mike, uh, Matt Cooper, uh, he was in high school in Durham, and he got a full scholarship to Stanford University. Ryan Uley was a, a student in Aiken, South Carolina. He got a full scholarship to Clemson. um, uh, Meredith Ballard, she was going to state. She had just started state when she got her dog. Uh, She completed the four-year bachelor's degree in three years. And she's just started, oh, she just finished her second year of law school. Um, Let me see who else is there. Oh, Michael Moore. He graduated from Governor Moorhead School. And he, he plays the piano. He plays the, the saxophone, drums, and a guitar. And he did two years at Fayetteville Tech learning how to comp- to program computers. And then he went from there to um, a college in, I, I think it was Pembroke or Lumberton. Anyway, um, learning how to proofread. And that's, that's what his profession is, proofreading books for the blind. Um. Sammy During, she just got accepted to Meredith College, which is an all-girls college, on a full scholarship. Max Max Lamb, this is a real special kid. He's 11 years old. He uh, snow skis, untethered. He skis with his dad. He water skis. He runs track. He wrestles, and he rows. He was 11 years old when he got his dog. Very, very smart kid. And in wrestling, he was wrestling in the 11 to 12 uh, uh, age group, and he won state champion. So, you know, at first, when the kids started, when he first started wrestling with the kids, they went easy on him because he was blind. And he, he kicked their asses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty special. But he's got a very special family. They they um, they allow him to do pretty well whatever he wants. He's got three other brothers, and he hangs out with his brothers all the time. And, you know, if the kids are allowed to do things, if they're not overprotected, you're not doing them any favors when you overprotect them. And we see that all the time. You know, the we, we just had to refuse one child this year because he had no cane skills. He was 14, I think, and no cane skills at all. His parents... He was on his parents' arm all the time. So, you know, you're not doing the child a favor by doing that. And, you know, it's, it's called the school of hard knocks, but, you know, we, we all have to learn that. When uh, one of our girls, Darcy, she was in um, uh, Athens Drive High School, 2,300 kids. And she said when she was walking down the hallway, it was like parting of the waters, You know, no friends, very few friends, nobody talked to her, and you guys have all experienced that, walking around with a cane, nobody talks to you. She got her dog, and then she became the cool kid in school. Everybody knows her. You know, I I walk downtown Southern Pines with my dog, and I don't go a block without being stopped. Um, When I was with my cane, nobody ever spoke to me, but, you know, DJ... Uh, just everybody knows DJ, and they all want to say hello to him. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a social bridge to the community. And I'm sure everybody here that's, that's got a guide dog and has been longtime guide dog users, the, the social interaction with other people, the dog has made a huge difference in everybody's lives. But, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, children can't handle dogs, children aren't responsible enough. Well, Eric's got about 250 kids... That defy that. We've got 25 right now. Well, we're 24. We got one kid going up there this summer, and unfortunately, you know, we're we're not like the big guys. We're limited by funds. Um, the dogs cost somewhere around sixty thousand dollars a piece, and you know we, we pay for everything, and um, you know we have to we have to send we were we were prepared to send two kids up this summer, but one didn't make it. You know, we, we pay for all the expenses. So it's an expensive project, and unless you've got, you know, unless you've got a couple hundred million dollars in the background, it's a very expensive deal. Uh, you know, is one of the smaller organizations. They only have a budget of about $12 million a year, and uh, they provide about 200 and 240, 230 dogs a year uh, at no cost to anybody. So it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work um, you know by By everybody involved, the you know the fundraisers the the trainers, uh, you know I, I really tip my hat off to the trainers because those guys you know they bust their butts to um, you know to to make it work for the kids it 's really, really important, and some of the training's a little different uh, what they do. Um, you know our dogs are are trained when you walk up when you 're going down the sidewalk. He'll stop about one foot before the curb so you don't fall into the road. And then you give him the command, up, up, and he'll go to the edge of the curb. They're trained to stay in crosswalks. Um, They're trained to push you over to the handrail when you're going downstairs. You know, falling upstairs isn't so bad, but falling downstairs, that's a bitch. (laughs) We've all done it. Um, Anyway, has anybody got any questions?
7: Coming, Hold on, folks. Keep your hands up for a second.
4: Bob, if you have... Uh, in, you say you had a, um, a... Well, the same to you. <laughs> um, if, if you have a, a class, do you have a class of kids who come up during the summer or just one at a time? How do you do that?
10: No, they, they always have uh, classes of 8 to 10. Um, Sometimes we filled, the, we filled the class once. We, hey, who, who's complaining? Um, when, they, when we send up one kid, they'll, they'll have other kids up there at the same time. They only do the training for the children in July because of the school. Do you
8: have a website we can...
10: Yes, it's MiraUSA.org. MiraUSA.org. How do you M-I-R-A. M-I-R-A-U-S-A. Yes. Okay, because I have students that I work with in Virginia Beach, and that's right near where you are.
8: So we might be able to uh, give you some customers to work with.
10: You know, one of the unfortunate things, it, you know, it's, it's, it's money-orientated, unfortunately. And we've got 13 kids that have been approved on the waiting list right now. And, you know, anybody got a... 800,000 bucks they don't need. <laughs>
9: um, I, I have a question. Um, I received my first guide dog when I was 14 from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. And um, I... Um, what One of the um, greatest challenges that I had was... Um, Well, actually, it's a two-sided thing. The first was getting the other kids at school. I went to public school not to pat and call the dog. There was a lot of teasing of my dog. There was a lot of disrespect for um, for what I told people was the training. And as much as I had a great supportive family, you know, if my dad thought my dog should have buttered popcorn, he gave <laughs> her buttered popcorn, and I was only 14, and what could I do? So my question to you, because I'm not sure that, that I would recommend this to a kid, um, having gone through it, my question to you is, do you work with kids um, to give them the confidence to stand up to uh, kids that might tease the dog, to family that says, no, no, you know, you, you listen to me. This is the way it's going to be. Because when you're that young, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. So that's
10: my question. Great question. Great question. And first of all, we address the parents. We tell the parents that you are not to interact with the dog. There's only one person that feeds this dog, it's the child. I don't care if they're sick, they don't feel like getting up, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. That's the only one that feeds it. That's the only one that takes it out. That's the only one that cleans up after them. In the school, they've been, we've been in, in public schools, the principals have been really, really good with us. They call uh, uh, an auditorium, and they address all the kids. And the first thing they say is, how would you like to be blind? Okay, that's, that's a bit of a shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, close your eyes and tell me what you see. Okay, that's what Charlie sees. Okay, that dog is his eyes. And he's not to be petted. He's not to be teased. Do not interact with the dog. And so far, we've had good success. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, any other questions? I got one I, minute. I
5: have a question. Shoot. Hi, I, I've got a mic. I have a question. Yep. Um, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Like the last questioner, when I got my first dog, I was in a college dorm and had the same, some of the same issues, and it really was tough to keep the kids away from the dog, and some of them got really mad at me, yep. and I, just, I lost a few friends because I wouldn't let them pet my dog and play with her, uh, but I just had to deal with that. So it's good that you're working with the kids, and I hope you do follow up.
10: Yes, do, you, we do. Do
5: you do follow-up
10: yep. with the parents? As many times, yeah, yeah, also, very good question. With the parents. When, when Eric goes and visits with the children, okay, he also visits with the parents because the children won't tell you everything.
7: Guys, could we keep the side conversations down just a little bit?
10: The, the children won't tell you everything. So he does meet with the parents all the time. and And we really reinforce the fact that the parents are not to interact with the dog, not to give them treats, not to do things with them. Uh, I mean, it's part of the family. And, you know, they're, sure, they're going to pet them once in a while, but they're not going to give them popcorn or treats or anything else. Uh, I, uh, in, in our house, nobody gives the dog treats except me. Last night, uh, I was in bed. DJ, uh, he, we forgot to give him his pill. So Elaine was giving him his pill at night, and she took out a greeny bone... And of course, you know what greenie bones are like. So he, she gave him a greenie bone. But that rarely, rarely happens. <laughs> uh, he gets his treats and his food only from me. And the same with the kids.
8: I have a question. Um, this is Charlie Crawford. Last question. Last question. Who? I guess i have been to bed. I get a good one, huh? Uh, make it um, a good one. Uh, anyway, um, one thing that, that always, uh, every time I go to, to get a, a new seeing eye dog, I've always had that question on my mind. What is the current recommended food for the dog? And um, I'm wondering what you folks do about food for the dogs and what happens after the kid goes home in terms of the food agenda.
10: Well, we try to insist. In Montreal, they used to use uh, Ucanuba food. And um, all the parents were told that the dog has been brought up on this and that's what you give them. Um, I don't like ukanuba, and I switched him over to Nutro. It's it's one of the better foods on the market, um, and he's been very very successful on that.
7: Got time for one more or not? Fast question. <laughs>
4: Promised. Right. Wondering if you accept and have programs for deaf blind children.
10: Yeah, they do. Um, um, Nicholas Saint Pierre. He's Eric's son. He's the, he's the only one that trains children with uh, deaf and blind. And, and that's a tough call. Uh, there was one lady in here that was deaf-blind, and oh, you've got to tip your hat to them. Boy, that, that's a rough schedule. It really is. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for allowing me to come here and share... And share Mirror with you. Thank you very much. We really enjoy getting to know you. Thank you so much.
0: You're
10: welcome. Uh, Unless it's a Rolls Royce, I don't want it.
0: Yes. The I am.
6: Can you bring it up?
0: We're coming. <laughs> That's Willow. She was a growler. <laughs> are we coming with a gift? Thank you. Oh, it's okay. I understand. It's not easy.
10: Follow the sound.
0: Here you go. The microphone is right here. Where
2: are you? Caitlin? There you go. So um, we have for Bob, which all of our presenters have been getting this week, we have a custom-made wooden pen with a gold tone to it, which is engraved with G-D-U-I. It's very lovely. Oh, very so, nice. There you go,
10: sir. Thank you very much. Thank you Appreciate so it. Much. That's cool.
0: So thank you so much, Bob. What a pleasure to meet you and to learn about your, your school. I wish you good luck with all your fundraising. And I hope you'll come back to see GDY next year. We're going to be in Reno. If you want to come, we would love to have you.
6: Okay, wonderful.
0: Okay, so Bob will be uh, happy in the uh, out in the hallway to take any extra questions you might have. So. so the next thing on our agenda, we're just zipping right along here because we don't want to run over. Uh, we're going to have... Um, candidates coming in and we don't want to hold them up. Um, is um, our awards presentation. The chair of our awards committee this year is Vicki Curley. And Vicki, are you ready with the awards? Okay, let me show you where to go.
4: The microphone is gotcha. Thank you, All right. I don't want to mess anything up over here. Good afternoon everyone. Oh, man, what a wonderful convention this has been, and we are so blessed to have a phenomenal... Oh, uh, this is the mic, isn't it? Uh, okay, am I close enough? Okay, I'm sorry. It, well, it's not so tall. I just must have been aimed the wrong way. I have such a big mouth, you know. It's, um, we're so fortunate to have a phenomenal program committee to give us th- this amazing conference. They did a beautiful job. Um, it's so humbling to be the chair of this committee, and I do want to thank my committee members, Debbie Grubb, Jane Sheehan, Minha. They, along with myself, had a very, very difficult job. We had to go through our nominations that were sent to us by our wonderful GDUI members and choose two worthy recipients for the Moffat Glides Award and the Ethel Bender Award. The good news is that folks can be nominated again, thank God, <laughs> because we had a very, very difficult decision. The Moffat Glides Award is given out to an individual who has contributed significantly to the betterment of the lives of blind and visually impaired people. And we had several wonderful nominations and could not have gone wrong with any of them. But we chose an individual that we felt had really significantly for many years reached out in a lot of different ways to assist blind and visually impaired people through advocacy, and through support, both personal and on a a more uh, legislative-type level, and really deserves to be recognized for her contribution. And it is so tempting for me, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. Marlena Lieberg, damn it, get up here. get up here, Marlena. (laughs) She's getting close. I can tell you're getting close, (laughs) Marlena. This is a plaque that's for you from Guide Dog Users Incorporated. I'm missing the microphone here. I'm going to to put you on the spot about something. I read your bio, and you're amazing, and I could never even begin to remember all the things you have done. But I have to ask you something, because I didn't have too much information. According to your bio, you did something with regard to cards and taxi drivers, but I don't know what it is, and I have to know. So I'm going to make you work for your plaque and explain just very quickly, if I can find the mic here, what that's all about, because I think others would want to know as well. Here, I'm going to turn this towards you. Without I'm hitting you in the nose with it.
9: I'm actually not sure I know. <laughs> 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 I, I'm... I, first, I, 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 I have to tell you that I... I um, <laughs> I'm, I'm using this oxygen, and when she, she told me to come up here, I stood up and I almost lost my nose because I forgot to pick up my oxygen. Um, um, I've been um, I've been very involved. Um, maybe this is what it is. I, I don't even know who submitted me. So I've been I've been um, wow I've been very involved in the Pacific Northwest um, with Uber. And, um, our guide dog users of Washington State works um, with the Uber of the Pacific Northwest. And we send people to their driver training meetings all over the state, um, to help educate them. So that, that might be it. <laughs> I, I don't know. But, um, wow. Th- thank you so much. I, um, I, <laughs> I, I just I, I just don't know what to say except thank you so much. I I um, I I was the second GDUI president after K. Lights. and I I I um, um, started and with GDUI I think in '79 in Grand Rapids, and and they said you're the next president. I said okay. So oh, watch out, because it could happen to you. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much, Marlena. Let me hand this to you. That goes over your plaque. We want to keep it clean for you. <laughs> um, all of us here, many of us here, have amazing, wonderful dogs at our sides, and. We count on our schools to keep our dogs healthy and to keep them strong for as long as possible. The recipient of the Ethel Bendo Award is an individual who has been responsible for at least the last 20 years with the seeing eye plus so many other guide dog schools. World worldwide, easy for me to say, And I have so much information on this gentleman that there is no way that I could get this all out quickly. And so I would like to ask Dr. Eldon Layton and his friend Paul Kumar, I think I said that name right, along with Lucas Frank to come up and Lucas is going to share some information about Dr. Layton for us.
6: That
7: was the theme from The Godfather, if you didn't recognize it. I was introducing Dr. Layton to one of our graduates, and I mistakenly introduced him as the dog's grandfather, which was not... And uh, Paul, had, Paul Keemer, who's here, had the good sense to say probably Godfather might be better. So... <laughs> uh, It's an honor to introduce uh, Eldon Layton and to uh, to, uh, be able to participate in him getting this award. Uh, I'd also like to introduce Paul Keemer, who is here as Eldon's honored guest and who is probably the most important person in the entire world from the guide dog movement behind the scenes. Uh, He runs the Minnesota Guide Dog Breeding Center, uh, which none of you have heard of. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> which actually began the, uh, the exchange of genetic materials between guide dog schools and facilitates it to this day. He is probably the most important person you have never heard of uh, in the guide dog world, and I think he deserves an enormous <laughs> round of applause before we even get to Dr. Layton. going to read, uh, I had two testimonials to what Dr. Layton has done that I combined into one just to save time. Um, from 1977 until his retirement, part of it, this part is actually from uh, Ginger Kutch, who uh, nominated uh, Eldon for this award. From 1977 until his retirement in December 2015, Dr. Layton, the first degree geneticist employed by a guide dog school anywhere in the world, worked with the Seeing Eye of Morristown, New Jersey to improve his breeding program. Before that he had worked with the United States Army in the Superdog program. Dr. Layton also was instrumental in fostering an exchange program with guide dog schools, three in the United States and three in Europe to share live dogs as well as germplasm to ensure healthy breeding pools. Similar programs under Dr. Layton's guidance have been created in Europe and Asia. This germplasm exchange program is important in maintaining genetic diversity in the breeding programs of smaller schools, which decreases inbreeding and reduces the incidence of genetic diseases. In 1980, Dr. Layton designed a breeding plan to genetically improve hip quality and overall trainability of dogs in this, into the Seeing Eyes breeding colony. In the 1970s, more than 30 percent of German shepherds born at the seeing eye showed signs of hip, both of them. There were probably two. Um, <laughs> born at the seeing showed signs of hip dysplasia before their second birthday. Today, fewer than two percent of our shepherds show any sign of hip dysplasia. He also adapted code to calculate the probability of dogs carrying or affected by any suspected autosomal recessive trait. This code was not only used by the seeing eye but also was shared with other schools to help reduce the risk of producing affected dogs. The next part is taken from a letter written by Jane Russenberger, who is the Director of genetic Breeding and Genetics at Guiding Eyes. So this just goes to show you that this is not a, even beginning to be a seeing eye-based award. This goes globally, and we're starting here. I asked her to give me some bullet points about Eldon's contributions in genetics. She wrote me that bullet points just didn't provide the great thanks and admiration that I have for how Eldon has changed the world of breeding working dogs. He has patiently educated many, including me, with respect and kindness. He found ways to make complex calculations understandable. He has tenacity and did not give up, even though nearly all of his students took a long time to embrace his vision. So I present my thoughts below. Please feel free to use it. The year was 1992. At that time, for most schools, managing a breeding colony involved collecting thousands of health and status data on paper or Excel spreadsheets and combining the data to provide meaningful insights to identify the best breeders. It was cumbersome, slow, yielded minimal results, too late to be of real value, since through these methods, the data of how well a dog produced was known only after only three litters of progeny were old enough to be guide dogs. Genetic change was mostly based on luck, and breeding was known as the heartbreak hobby because dogs often didn't produce or reproduce like themselves. Efforts were made to follow trends in the families, but the relationships between dogs and the large number of traits to juggle was impossible to manage through these methods. The idea of actually directing genetic improvement was only a dream. I was working at a dairy farm as a teenager, pouring through the eastern artificial insemination pamphlets, showcasing bulls and their genetic merit. Little did I know at the time that I would meet and learn from the person who brought that technology to guide dogs. After four years struggling to manage a breeding colony for guiding eyes, I still had no clue that the seeing eye was using these methods thanks to Eldon. But I did know and told Paul Keemer, that we needed a database to effectively store our genetic data, access to quality stud dogs, and a better way to select the genetically best breeders. In 1993, Guiding Eyes organized a meeting for schools interested in creating a database, and Paul made sure that Eldon was invited, as well as bringing along Paul's brother, Kevin, who is a world-class computer programmer. Over the next 23 years, 23 years, folks, amazing things have happened that have forever changed the breeding of working dogs. Here are the highlights. Eldon was the first to apply the use of advanced genetic statistics called estimated breeding values or EBVs and the principles of selection to systematically improve the health and temperament of seeing-eye dogs. He shared this knowledge throughout countless presentations and mentorship with guide dog breeding managers across the world It took a while to catch on, but today most of the guide dog organizations in the world are working towards using Eldon's methods. Now assistance dog and and military dogs programs are getting on board. Eldon programmed the Seeing Eyes First database built to track genetic and other data. He was the perfect mentor to help us develop the RELDOG Dog database for guiding eyes that would later be shared with the world. Paul Keemer helped engage his brother Kevin, Kevin to write the code. Paul made it possible for the world to learn how to genetically improve dogs through sponsoring numerous breeders' workshops, often held in conjunction with International Guide Dog Federation seminars. Eldon is now pursuing his vision of creating a database that combines genetic data worldwide into a web based tool that allows even small organizations to use EBVs and follow the principles of genetic selection. Eldon spoke of the need for genetic diversity and sharing germplasm in the form of puppies, breeders, and semen across the world. Because organizations believed in the value of sharing, guide dog organizations across the world now regularly share their best dogs. Paul developed the vision for cryogenic centers at guide dog organizations, where it costs nearly nothing to freeze and store semen, thus allowing the free flow of the best guide dog studs throughout the world. He made the vision possible by donating funds for Guiding Eyes to create the first cryogenic center in a guide dog school in North America, and sponsored cryogenic training for delegates worldwide. In short, because of the lifelong contributions of Paul's vision and support, and Eldon's pioneering work in bringing the science of animal breeding, EBVs, and the principles of selection to the guide dogs, we have the best guide dogs the world has ever seen. And the greatest part of this is that Eldon and Paul are not done helping. Eldon is hard at work along with other volunteers on the International Working Dog Registry database and continuing his mentorship without con- through consultations, seminars, and workshops, while Paul continues to facilitate and provide support and the vision to make it happen. Jane says it is my great delight that Dr. Eldon Layton, and I want to add my delight to this because he's the best office mate I've ever had.
6: <laughs>
7: he lives in Virginia. <laughs> it is to our great delight that Dr. Eldon Layton is receiving this great honor from Guide Dog Users, Inc. I know he could not be more honored than to have this recognition from you, the users of the wonderful dogs that he's helped to create, Jane Rosenberger, Director of Genetics and Breeding, Guiding Eyes for the Blind. This is the, the best-deserved award ever. <laughs>
4: Thank you so much, Lucas, and Dr. Layden, I hope you will accept this plaque um, for you from Guide Dog Users, Incorporated. It is well-deserved. Congratulations. Congratulations. You you are so so wonderful to us, and you have done so much for us. It is an honor to share this with you.
7: The plaque reads, as many of you know, Guide Dog Users, Inc., Ethel Bender Award presented to Dr. Eldon A. Layton for your outstanding service and commitment to the Canine Human Partnership. Wow. Minneapolis. Congratulations. Thank you very so much. Thank you
0: so much. Thank I am so pleased to have one of those dogs that. Uh, probably will not develop hip dysplasia because of your work thank you um, we are of course running late because we have so many cool people to congratulate and thank and appreciate um, it's time for the drawings who's going to do the viking drawing Lillian you can just give it to me no 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 I don't have my ticket okay Oh, Caitlin, you're going to do it? I don't know what we'd do without you, Caitlin. You just need to come to every event we ever have. (laughs) Maybe we can start fundraising now. (laughs) I'll share my wine with you, Caitlin. Do you have, a like, a box with all the tickets or something?
2: I I have nothing, actually. Lillian? Jane, uh, yes.
0: You got the box or the bucket or the hat or whatever? Oh, uh, Jane is going to go get it from the suite. Is
2: there something else we need in the suite if she's
0: there? I don't think so. Do
2: we have the fun room?
0: The the summer drawing. I think do we have that too?
2: Yes, maybe we should do
6: that
0: one first. Do you want to do the summer drawing while we're waiting for Jane? Okay, I thought so. So I'm sorry we weren't prepared. We tried. Maybe we could We Caitlin suggests that we sing and dance. You know the sweets right next door. Jane is quick. <laughs> Do you have the tickets for the summer drawing? Jeff does. Oh, well, let's let Jeff do the summer drawing tickets. Yay. Oh, here's Jane. Oh, you have the Viking? Um, Okay, let's go with Viking, and then we'll go with summer drawing, because there's several of those. Caitlin is reaching into the magic vault as we speak. can just tell me there should be braille shouldn't they? so does it say the name of the winner okay here we go caitlin drew the winner and Janie's going to tell you who it is yes
1: i'm going to tell you who it is all right does everybody have their ticket out Right. It's two, one, three, five, one, five. The last four digits three, five, one, five. Three, five, one, five. Nobody has that? All right. The second drawing is, or yeah, the second try is uh, Melita Waters. And she is not here. I know that because we've got her name on the back of this. So she is the winner of Viking. Congratulations, Melita. Yay. So I guess I'll keep this out.
6: Okay,
0: so, um, Jeff, can we do the summer drawing? Yay. Now we're going to find out who's going to be rich. Yay!
1: Okay, and we're ready to do the summer drawing.
0: I think you're finished, Caitlin.
1: Now, the first, what we're going to do is we're going to let someone, we're going to go to different tables and let you guys draw out of the bag. Perfect. We're going to pick the grand prize first but I am not going to announce the name until the very end. Now, I can be bought if there's anybody in here. If you got a lot of money, I can be bought. Okay. So let's do the first one for the grand prize. I guess we need to keep
0: them for some kind of records or something, you know.
1: I, I'm not even going to look because I'd be tempted. Okay, the second drawing is, oh, this is a good one. It's the first prize, which is $500 in cash. The money will be sent to you in a check, okay?
9: Oh.
6: <laughs> I have
1: taken okay. All right.
5: Uh, what is that? Uh, yeah. Do we have
1: any uh, is word? there an, is it Unda Wiggins? Linda. Linda, Linda Wiggins. Linda Wiggins. Oh. Are you, yay. Oh, uh, me get stuff
8: today.
1: Okay. Now, Linda, all, well, well, let me tell all of you, all of the winners will receive their prize in the mail. Okay? You've heard that before, right? The checks in the mail? Exactly. Okay, now we're going on to second prize, which is a Curry coffee machine. Pick the one you want. There you go. Alrighty. There you go. I'll just take it. All right, the winner of this one. Alzala Johnson. Alzala Johnson. Okay, he's not here. Third, you, keep up. you want me to hold Third prize a new wave oven new wave oven Tristan Acosta. All right. The next one is a black forest cuckoo clock. Black forest cuckoo clock. Maria Hansen. <laughs> Woo! Can you put this in the envelope? We can't seem to get them in there. It's too much.
6: Somebody can
1: just- Okay, the fifth prize is a shark speaker, Bluetooth speaker. These people are digging to the bottom of the bag. That's a good thing. Ruth Ann Acosta. How do you like that? It's a family Sixth prize is a two E radio with case uh, Vicky Prahan Vicky what is it, Prahan Prahan Vicky Prahan I guess Vicky's not here today because I don't hear any cheering. Oh, okay. All right. This is this is the one I'd like to have. The Bose Radio. Ooh. I have a lot of competition, I think. <laughs> Pete Giacomini. And the eighth prize, wireless Bluetooth earphones. Roberta McCall. Roberta McCall. All right, here's the last one. You've got one last chance. This is a lesson... From Kosiba Co- Fitness, from what I understand, a man, I think his name is Bob Koseba, and uh, he will work with you on a fitness plan. And you're not going to believe this, but it's Tristan Acosta. Now, can you believe that? So that is it for the summer drawing. Thank you all for participating. Oh, the grand prize, oh my goodness. See, I was gonna walk off with the grand prize. I thought y'all might forget. All right. We need a drum roll. <laughs> all right. It's, it's Oziela Johnson again. How do you like that? That's the $1,500 prize. Thank you all for participating. Do we
0: have any candidates here? Okay. All right, that's going to wrap up our lunch, and We have candidates outside who are eager to talk with us. I can't hear you. Uh, uh, we have some little gifts.